0: Hello, happy holidays, and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, a show that brings readers and writers together. I'm Marva Hinton. Recently, I interviewed Glory Edam at the Miami Book Fair. Glory is the founder of Well-Read Black Girl, a book club that became an annual literary festival. Glory edited a new anthology that just came out in October, Well-Read Black Girl. Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves. It's a collection of essays by black women writers such as Jasmine Ward, Jacqueline Woodson, and Lynn Nottage. Each woman discusses when she first felt seen in literature. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Glory, thank you so much for stopping by to talk to us about your work. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here and be on your podcast. Well, first of all, congratulations on the book, Um, and I'd like to really just sort of talk about your history with reading and when you first felt seen on the page.
1: I grew up reading. My mom is an educator, and I was surrounded by books everywhere. I had Highlights magazines, um, the Babysitter's Club. I was obsessed with Little Women and reading was really a natural part of my upbringing, and the first time I really discovered myself or felt like I saw myself was when I read Maya Angelou. I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings was such a foundational book for me. It was uh, something about Maya Angelou's voice and just her like rawness that really pulled me into her story, and for the first time, I really felt myself reflected, and I didn't realize I was like really yearning for Her story, or the story of black women, until I encountered her work. And I was, and you know. I had the reading comprehension when I was in high school, but I did pick up the book when I was probably around, like, 11, 12 years old. And I held it and read it, um, but didn't fully understand. Um, And I think a lot of young people do that. Sometimes they read things that are above their grade level, and that happened for me fairly early where I would pick up text or I would pick up one of my mom's books and try to explore it, but didn't really understand the language or the words or even the power behind them. Um, So I really felt... Empowered when I did read it in high school, and um, finally understood what her like, her life and her legacy meant. In um, that, yeah, like I, I've just always been a really voracious reader, and um, it's just something I've always done. Well, you were able
0: to pull together just this incredible roster of writers for this book, and I was wondering, as you were trying to you know gather them and you know, get them to agree to participate, was there ever a point where someone said? Yes, I'll do this and you were like, "Oh, I can't believe I actually got her to be a part of it."
1: Every single person from Jasmine Ward to Barbara Smith to Jacqueline Woodson, every person who accepted my invitation, I just felt a sense of immense gratitude because the contributors are all master storytellers, whether they've published books and have a, you know, a long body of work or this is their first time being published in a collection they just are really incredible writers and people um and the person that really took me by surprise that i was just kind of like floored by was playwright lynn nottage um, because that with everyone else i had a soft connection or i had encountered them um, at some point just in the literary space but with miss nottage i just was a huge fan, I <laughs> like I love her work, and I actually reached out to her online and she responded and was very gracious enough to accept my invitation and so we interviewed her. Some of the essays in the uh, collection are as told to, and so I sat with her for a couple of hours in her office, and she just kind of poured into me like what her life was like and why she became a writer and what inspired and motivated her um. So yeah, every single person was really a surprise. I had no idea who would say yes because people are also like incredibly busy. you know someone like Jacqueline Woodson is just uh, she's a machine she writes and works with so many schools and has a beautiful family. so she's very supportive of the community, but I also am completely like understanding you know, she's unavailable too because she she just like does a lot. She does a lot. so when she said yes, I was also very excited with everyone I was excited. <laughs>
0: The book also includes a lot of different recommended reading lists and your book actually, as we were saying before we started taping here, sent me online a lot of different times to, you know, look up different books or look up some of the authors I actually hadn't heard of. Um, Ultimately, what do you hope readers will take away from this?
1: I hope they are able to see reflections of themselves, but also reimagine what the literary canon can look like and what they can read, especially when it comes to educators. I put all those reading recommendations and lists inside the collection because I wanted them to have a resource. I wanted them to think of other books to read outside of, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird and these quote-unquote classics that... High schoolers encounter every year on their syllabus Um, I want people to read the works of black women and that is part of my mission but it should be also just a a, a mandate in schools that we're reading you know black women we're reading writers of color and expanding the narratives of what the American story is and in the book you'll find reading recommendations by playwrights uh, books that address black feminism, um, beautiful coming of age stories. I wanted to cover all of this beautiful ground that black women have covered in their writing and in um, just in literature. So that was really important for me to address this and have it connect to educators in, in the space.
0: Well-Read Black Girl has become just this huge book club through social media. You have 156,000 followers on Instagram. And you say, you know, it all started with a t-shirt. Yes. Talk to me about the beginning.
1: Yeah, the beginning really was because of my partner, O.P.O. He gifted me the t-shirt for my birthday. It had those simple words, well-read black girl. It was really an inside joke between the both of us. Um, But the moment I wore that shirt outside, I wore it to the gym, you know, I wore it to the Trader Joe's the conversations would really happen in a very seamless organic way and it built this um, I like to call it an intention where I wanted to talk more to black women and I wanted to hear more about what they were reading and how we could connect. So the beginnings uh, I will, will admit they were more selfish and more inclined because I was Trying to make new friends, I was in a new environment. I had just moved to New York at that time, and I was just looking for to build community and make connections with other Black women. Um, as time has gone gone on, the the mission and the mandate of the organization has changed, and it has become really a lifeline to so many aspiring writers to find inspiration and also to. To find their footing in the publishing industry and so i really look at myself as a resource and try to put things that will inspire readers um, but also debut new readers who are just kind of entering the space and needs um need just more love and recognition but the the origin story is rather simple it's like i i've always loved books and um i had a wonderful gift from my boyfriend who uh, knew that I loved books. And so it's just kind of expanded from there and grown into a whole community. And the first book club had like 10 people, you know, and the Instagram at one point literally had maybe 60 people and I knew all of them. And now I, I don't know all the, the members of the club, uh, but I like to extend myself and feel like they are like part of my family <laughs> and they're my personal friends too.
0: Well, as you see this club just continue to grow, what is it that you would ultimately like to see become of it?
1: I would like the, I would like Well-Read Black Girl to become a cultural institution where it lives um, to serve black achievement, whether that's being able to give someone funding for a project or being able to create residencies and fellowships for black women in writing. Um, this is year two of the festival. We just had our, uh, our second annual festival last weekend. Um, so I'm looking also to expand that. I would like the the well-read black girl festival to live in a space where it just continues to grow bigger and bigger like the Miami Book Fair or the Brooklyn Book Festival. I want it to be a landmark space where black women congregate and discuss literature and make connections um, in the industry. So I have a lot of grand ideas and I'm in the space where I'm building infrastructure and figuring out how to uh, really scale um, so many of the Ideas come from my mind, and I work with a team of advisory board members as well as volunteers. Um, but you know, as things get bigger, they just require more time and investment and just more manpower. So I'm, I'm in that phase now where I'm just like continuing to grow and figure out what's the next step and what the organization can look like in five years or 10 years or even 50 years. Like, I'm really trying to think long term about. Um, Building a legacy for myself and for the the black women that have come before me. Um, the work that I do isn't new necessarily. It has a, a, a social media and has Instagram, but um, women, black women writers, have existed from the beginning of time, and I'm paying tribute to their work too.
0: Now, I'd just like to ask you a couple of questions about your reading life. Um, obviously, you love books. You know, you are a well-read black girl. Um, But what if you were in a situation where you could only read uh, a certain number of books for the rest of your life, like books you have already read in the past, you could just kind of keep going to those again, and you Mm -hmm. had like three to choose from. Which books would you select to be kind of your, you know, forever
1: books? That's an awesome question. Let me think about it. my forever books would be i feel like they should be long <laughs> um i think i would say tony morrison's jazz that's one of my favorite books uh, drinking coffee elsewhere by Cece packer is another favorite and my angelo like i think i know why the cage bird sings would be something i'd like to carry with me forever um, there's so many books to choose from. I also have an infinity for a short story collection, so I really love um, those. Maybe I would also throw in um, Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. Yeah, yeah, those. that's my like beginning starter pack of <laughs> forever books. <laughs> okay, well, um, on the sort of flip side of
0: that, um, I also wanna ask if you have a book that Maybe everybody was very popular, either with critics or readers. People really loved it. But when you read it, you kind of struggled with it. Either you couldn't finish it or you finished it, and then you didn't quite understand what all the hype was about it. Oh. And I know that tends to be a tough one. I mean, you are in this literary space. Sometimes I say, you know, if it's a book about someone who's no longer with us, I mean, if you're worried about, you know, offending anyone. or
1: No. There hasn't, I mean... There um I don't think hmm, is there something that I didn't quite get right away. I don't think there's anything I didn't get uh, right away, but there are things that I've like s- like sat with for a little bit just to understand the um, the energy behind it or the author's intention. I I would say that um, some of the classics, like I've I remember rereading um, Gail Jones, some of her work, and it wasn't that I didn't like. I, I love Gail Jones. It wasn't that like I didn't get it, but it was something that just was like, oh, like it just took me a little bit longer to understand just her um, her style of writing, and and to be quite honest, I mean Zora Neale Hurston, like I've like read her work so many times. Um, but when her latest book Barracoon, came out, I had to sit with it longer to understand like the dialogue um but it was it was absolutely brilliant. It was like fantastic, but it wasn't something I could just like read in one setting and fully grasp. I just had to reread it um, and yeah, so I think like I have a habit of like if I don't on the first reading if 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 I still have questions on the first reading, if I still have questions, I reread things um. But I also feel like people have a purpose in their writing, and even if I, if it's not, like, my favorite, like, I do give it my full intention, because so I, I want to understand it.
0: Do you feel like sometimes people
1: give up too soon if they're not getting something right away? I, I like to finish things all the way. I like to, like, finish them through. Um, it feels like a test or challenge to me, so... Um, I just, I tend to be like a more, maybe I'm perhaps a little bit more patient person. Um, And I'm always looking to like understand where people are coming from, whether that's in a book or a film or just, I'm very curious about um, the origins of a story and what made an artist create that story. And it feels like you, to do creative work, it's full justice. You have to read it till the end because you might, you, you might be missing a key part of it. Um, and at the end, if you, like, you've read it and you can give it its full criticism and say, like, it, you know, I wasn't, like, I didn't like this because A means C. That's fair. But if you, you I don't think it's fair for you to, like, read something kind of halfway and then, because you can't give a real critique, I don't think, if you don't finish something completely. Um, but then also, yeah, there's time constraints, and, and we're all adults. Like, if you don't feel... Driven to, to finish something that's not a judge of your character. It's like, you know, everyone has their own way of doing things. But I just, yeah, I like to reread things and I, I, I rewatch movies a lot. So <laughs> um, it's, it's probably just more just how I, I like to take in information and art. So, what are you reading right now? Oh, I just started um, the new Kathleen Collins collection. It's called uh, Notes from a Black Woman's Diary and we read um, her unpublished work in 2016 um, the book was, is called Whatever Happened to Interracial Love and her daughter Nina Collins has become a friend of the community and she's been unearthing her mother's work and publishing them for the first time and giving people access to her mother's like really brilliant mind. Kathleen Collins is iconic and I'm I'm really thrilled to learn that her work is entering almost a new life because of these books. Um, So I just started it. It has, like, short stories. It has, like, musings. It also has, um, like, plays in it, too. Um, She really was just, like, multi-talented and worked, like, across mediums. Uh, So I'm reading that. I'm really enjoying it. And and it's a piece where I'm not, like, reading, like, straight through. I'm kind of, like, opening it up wherever I land. I'll start reading.
0: And I understand you have a new book coming out. What can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, so I'm working on a memoir uh, between the relationship between my mother and I and our life of reading. My mom was really influential on how I read and um, why I am such a, a, like a voracious reader. Um, but there was a moment in my childhood when my mom was ill and uh, she wasn't able to really connect with me as, as much as she wanted to and we used books as a conduit for us to like really connect and um, it really helped me when I felt like it was a really hard thing to cope with, you know. And um, there's moments where my family and I had to address like mental illness and we had other adversity and I really looked at fiction for uh, just a self like self discovery but also like a sense of nourishment. Um, so I'm going back and looking at those times with me and my mother and the things we read together, and um, how our, our lives like really intersected around books. Glory
0: Adam, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about your work. Thank you
1: so much. I've I'm, I'm enjoyed being on the podcast.
0: You can find out how to win a free signed copy of Well Read Black Girl Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves, on our website, readmorepodcast.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. You can also support Glory and the show by purchasing the book on our site. You can follow us on Twitter at readmorepodcast Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton, reminding you to read more.